Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, and his final teaching in Philemon called Refresh My Heart in Christ. I heard Vody Bauckham talking and he was like, uh, y'all trying to ordain all these kids. You know, you see somebody that's in the word and they're praying and you're like, oh, he should be a pastor. You just want him to be a pastor so that you can feel better about being complacent. <laughs> I was like, whoo, wow. He said he doesn't need to be a pastor. He's just being a Christian. And maybe that's what we do. We say, yeah, well, of course, Philemon, he's a leader in the church. I mean, geez, how could he not welcome Onesimus back? I'm not a leader in the church. I'm not even a deacon. I don't even, I'm not even an usher. I don't have to welcome anybody back. <laughs> no, you do. You do. There's no loopholes. You can't get out of this, friend. It's just a call on your life to love people as Christ has loved you. The only qualification is that there's breath in your lungs. And I hope there is. We have a defibrillator in the foyer. So if, if anybody's not breathing... And you know, I'm always amazed by how these simple opportunities that God gives us, how the Lord can use them. In fact, there's a face here tonight uh, that I know that I ran into his mom at a gas station one time and just mentioned our church, and he's been coming here for years. And I don't say that to toot my own horn. I thought nothing of that interaction. She was listening to K-Wave, and I was like, oh, that's Chuck Smith. I went to Calvary Job Bible College. I just talked because I talk, you know? And I wasn't like thinking like, oh, what a great... Uh, spiritual evangelical opportunity for me right here. No, I was just like talking and I, I mentioned I'm a musician and she said, oh, that's great. And I, ga- I, I gave her a CD, probably out of slight selfish ambition. Like here, here's my CD. And God still used it for good. And now they come to this church. That's pretty cool. And, and it, I can't take any credit. But my point in bringing that up is simply to say that sometimes you just never know what God will do with even the smallest interactions. And so I pray I pray that we would be seeking those opportunities out. And so as the church and many people in this area are watching what Philemon is going to do, let's go back now to our picture in the text. Philemon is reading the letter, and Paul has made the ask, and it said, if you would welcome me back, welcome him back, and I'll take care of anything that he owes you. And you can hear the silence fall in the room as Philemon reads the letter before the congregation, very possibly. And people are now wondering well, what's he going to do? It is even possible, and we don't know, it's possible that when the letters were delivered, Onesimus is left behind in a nearby town, and they kind of await the verdict, if you will. But it is also very possible that Onesimus has delivered the letters himself. And so now he sits and waits. And you could almost see Philemon is reading the letter, And then he looks over at Onesimus. And then he reads a little more of what Paul's asking. And he looks over at Onesimus. And the congregation is watching. What's he going to do? And we don't know. It's kind of a bummer. We don't know what happens. But I'll tell you this. I would like to believe that these men made the right decision and honored Christ in the way they conducted themselves. We are in a culture where truth is absent in so many areas. 
Truth is being challenged. And so, like I just read in Romans, we need to be people who proclaim the truth. And not only proclaim it with our mouths, but in the way that we conduct ourselves, in the way that we live, in the way that we handle different interactions that we have, in our, business, in our place of business, at church, when we're on the freeway and we don't think anybody's watching. There's an old episode of Seinfeld. I wouldn't condone watching Seinfeld. I've never watched it all the way through, but I remember this scene with Jerry Seinfeld. He's driving in his car and he's dating a girl at the time and he scratches his nose like this. But she thinks that he's picking his nose. And Jerry Seinfeld in his really annoying voice is like, it wasn't a, scr- it was a scratch, it wasn't a pick. You know, and she breaks up with him. People are always watching. And for some reason, people think that they're not watching. And then they're picking their nose in their car. You see these people. Do you see these people? I see these people on the freeway picking their nose in their car. And I'm like, your windows are tinted, but they're not that dark. People are watching. And we are to mirror the light of Christ and proclaim that truth. Truth is being challenged. You know, I saw a thing um, yesterday that now a new agenda that's being pushed in the public school systems is that they would have what they are calling transition closets. And these are now places where people are donating clothes so that students can leave the house in what their parents have said and determined is appropriate attire. But when they get to school, they are given now the opportunity to change into something that better fits their personality. I could preach a whole sermon on why that's not biblical and how outlandish and absolutely absurd that is. And as somebody who has a daughter, my friend, if you decide to tell my daughter she can wear something that I have not said is appropriate, you and I have, uh, we have some talking to do. And the, I will tell you that the, the truth in our youth, especially, these evil ideologies are being shoved down their throat And it is just one thing after the next. And what blew me away in the video is that the teacher who was condoning this was so happy. So happy. And now all of us, pause for a moment, can can look at that situation and be absolutely infuriated. But I want you to realize for a moment that that teacher genuinely thinks that what he's doing is good because he is blind. And you and I, before Christ, we also were blind. And the scripture says that there's scales that will fall off that have been removed. And, you know, so for a moment, and, and trust me, it makes me angry and I have my moments where I just cannot even believe what I'm seeing. But we need to be less about being quick to get angry, though there is a place for righteous anger. And even Jesus himself took upon those moments to act with righteous anger, as even when he turned the tables, when people were stealing and ripping off the people. But maybe sometimes we need to be less quick to anger and we need to get on our knees. And we need to be a people that are quick to start praying when we see evil. Because we know that our, our fight is not against what? It's not against flesh and blood. It's not against these men who are propagating these things and pushing these ideas. No, our, our enemy is Satan. And so we need to remember that and keep that perspective. And even in this situation, you can see the tension It's as if Paul is saying, oh, Satan would love to have a victory in this situation, wouldn't he? And keep you guys divided. But I call you as a brother in Christ to take him in as one of your own. Don't let Satan have the victory. And then he says in verse 21, confident 
of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. There's a little bit of pressure added to Philemon. (laughs) You're going to do even more. And at the same time, prepare a guest room for me. So Paul says, hey, I know you're going to do even more. By the way, I might also be visiting soon. (laughs) There's a little bit of pressure being added to Philemon, isn't there? Now, this might be some strategy on Paul's part. Maybe. You can kind of sense some authority there. He's like, hey, um, I know you're going to do even more than I ask. This is like when dad says to you growing up, son, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I would rather you just be mad. (laughs) You know? And so I I think maybe there's some strategy on the part of Paul as he writes that. But I think that Paul genuinely desires to be back in fellowship with Philemon in the church there. I don't think Paul's being manipulative in any way. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But from Philemon's perspective, that definitely is some added pressure. Wouldn't you agree that it's very possible Paul could be visiting soon? So figure it out. Some have argued that this could be Paul calling for the full emancipation of Onesimus, complete freedom, maybe, but I can't, from the the text, if we're teaching the text for what it is and what it says, I can't make that argument necessarily because we just don't know, but it's an interesting thought. But let's remember also that the idea of slavery and the concept of slavery that we're seeing in the framework of Scripture is very different than what you and I might associate with with slavery. Remember, we talked about that. So don't forget that as we're reading about this slavery idea. But regardless, as a general principle, I do believe that we should do more than we are asked to do whenever we have the opportunity. Do you agree? You know, my father instilled that principle in me from a very young age. And... Um, you know, I will say when I became a homeowner for the first time, I bought this, this miracle, this gift from God. It's called a leaf blower. Um, it doesn't have any bristles. It doesn't even have a stick handle. You just pull a button and it moves the leaves. It's actually pretty remarkable. I did not know that they existed, nor how effective were they were during my childhood. But I will say that my father from a young age instilled that principle in my brothers and I. When you do a job, you don't just do it to get it done. Do it to the best of your ability. Do it above and beyond what you're asked. And so when we apply that to our spiritual lives and the call on our lives as Christians tonight, are we going above and beyond? Or do we have relationships where we just merely tolerate people because it's the Christian thing to do? Because... I believe that the call on your life as a Christian is to love well, not just to tolerate somebody. Sometimes that's all you can do. Sometimes you feel like all I can do is I can barely tolerate them. So pastor, please don't ask me to love them well. I cannot. No, friend, you can. You can through the Holy Spirit. I know it's hard. And I've had relationships like that in my life as well. And so we are, <laughs> we are equal here. I understand the struggle. The struggle is real. And for Philemon, as he receives this letter, the struggle is very real. A man who's wronged him, now the Apostle Paul says, forgive him. And don't just forgive him, love him well. Take him in as one of your own. And I think of the words of Jesus as we close our time tonight. In Matthew 25, Jesus goes on this long list and says, when I was clothed, when I was naked, you took me in and and clothed me. When I was hungry, you took me in and fed me. And he lists this this list of of good deeds. And one of the disciples, I forget who at the moment says, Lord, when when did we do those things for you? What? What are you talking about? 
And Jesus famously responds, and many of us know this verse, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, in a moment. Walk in Truth has more content for you to listen to with our mini-sodes A Step Closer, where Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics and questions about life from a Christian perspective. You'll also get a chance to get to know the team. The next topic to dive into was requested by a listener, anxiety. What is it and how do you work through it? And it catches you off guard when people do occasionally. You say, hey, how are you doing? And all of a sudden the cashier at your local grocery store starts telling you how their day is actually going. And it almost catches us off guard because we are so busy. And I think busyness is a huge contributor to anxiety. But I think that's a key thing is that Jesus takes his anxiety first and foremost to his heavenly father. So if we can kind of combine two ideas of what you shared, Pastor Shane. One is that Jesus took it to the Father in prayer. And that's a key. And that's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer Mm -hmm. and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds. So that's a wonderful remedy. To listen to the Walk in Truth mini-sodes a step closer, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. Again, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, on Walk in Truth. When I was naked, you took me in and, and clothed me. When I was hungry, you took me in and fed me. And he lists this, this list of, of good deeds. And one of the disciples, I forget who at the moment, says, Lord, when did, we, when did we do those things for you? What? What are you talking about? And Jesus famously responds, and many of us know this verse, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. You know, I think if we viewed the different situations that are presented to us and the opportunities that God gives us through that lens, and that is often something that the Holy Spirit impresses on my heart when I see someone in need, a simple phrase that often circulates in my brain, to the least of these, to the least of these. And I know that when you see somebody on the streets and they are asking for money, I know that there is wisdom and discernment that is needed in those situations. Um, you know, we have friends who work in organizations that help aid people who are on the streets battling addiction. And I would advise you, I think Pastor Michael just hit on this a couple weeks ago, as just a side note, that handing somebody cash is oftentimes not a good idea. Um, even gift cards, quite honestly, can be sold for cash and be used for somebody to continue to get their fix. But I will tell you, You can give someone a plate of hot food in the name of Christ. And I believe in so many ways that it's such an applicable way to say to the least of these, you've done it to me. But I think that maybe we've made the mistake of whittling that that command and that, that call from Jesus down to situations like dealing in our Western culture. I think you and I, our brain goes to homeless people. But it is so much bigger than that. So tonight... The person that you cannot stand, the person that drives you absolutely crazy at the office, the person that is constantly giving you a hard time, you are the butt of every joke with this person. Jesus says, love them well. Love them well. Love them as you love yourself. 
So maybe if, I don't know, maybe if you grab yourself Starbucks in the morning on the way to work, grab uh, Stinky Joe a coffee and kill him with kindness. In fact, the proverb says, I love this verse, when you return anger with kindness, it's like heaping coals on their head. And you've seen it. Many of you have seen it. You, you return fire with that kindness, and they're like, what is that? I don't want that coffee. You know, I hope they don't do that. No, they take the coffee, and they're like, oh. You know, I was pretty severely bullied as a kid, and it was my own fault in many ways because, see, I always gave a response. I gave the kids that made fun of me exactly what they wanted, which was a response I was quite literally, and this is not a pity party for Shane, this is just what happened. I was literally the kid, at one point, a kid took my glasses off my face and smushed them on the ground, and then they were all like pointing at me and laughing. You don't feel bad for me. God definitely used those things in my life to make me who I am today. But I will tell you a story, and this is my last thing for you tonight. There was a a particular kid, I won't tell you his name because he still lives in Corona. (laughs) There was a particular kid that just gave me such a hard time when I was a kid. Um... And kids knew how to get to me because I showed them my target. You know, maybe that's a little advice for you. If somebody bothers you, stop giving them opportunities to bother you. Just, my grandma used to say to me, like, water off a duck, Shane. Like, water off a duck. You got to let it go. Don't let it bother you. Which is so much easier said than done, right, when you're in the line of fire and you're, you're the one being made fun of. And you're 10 years old and don't know how to deal with this stuff. But this guy just, he was, he beat me up a couple times. Um, he, he was a very big kid, like a big kid for his age, all the way through primary school and through junior high. Um, in fact, no, what happened was we didn't go to the same junior high. We, we uh, went to different junior highs. And long story short, we ended up at the same high school together. And my freshman year of high school, I was taking auto shop. And we sit on day one. And lo and behold, this guy sits in the desk next to me. Now, this is years later. This is three years since I've seen him. We're now both like 14 years old. You know, we're, we're both bigger now. We're about the same size now. It's funny how that works, huh? Uh, and uh, I was like, no way. It's the guy. I'm going to kill that guy. There's wrenches in here for auto shop. I'm going to just, no. And you know what happened? I had let that guy be uh, such a problem for me through my years as a kid. And he always made me feel bad. And I had some pretty low moments with self-esteem and, and, and worth and identity as a kid growing up in the church, but struggling with who I was and, and my self-worth and things and the way I looked and all that stuff. And that kid came up to me after the class on the first day of my freshman year. And you know what he said to me? He said, hey, man, I just want to, I know it's probably weird to see me. He was like, I just want to say I'm sorry. And I was like, what? You know, like just totally shocked. And then he went on to say this. When I was in elementary school, my parents were going through a divorce. I had a lot of issues and you were just an easy target for me when we were kids. And you never fought back. And maybe I should have fought back a few times. I might've saved myself a little bit of grief. But he said, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just really sorry. I'm really sorry for the way that I treated you. And I remember like being floored by that interaction. Just, I couldn't believe it. And we ended up like being acquaintances through high school. And, you know, uh, we ended up seeing each other at a memorial uh, years later after graduating high school. And, you know, I still see him on social media and stuff. And I just, I just remember being, realizing at that moment as a young Christian, man, I, I've let bitterness have a hold of my heart towards him. 
And I think in many ways, God used that small interaction to just totally humble me and to finally actually forgive. And maybe that's, you know, I'm sorry if a childhood bullying story is cliche, but that did, did happen to me and that really did happen. And, and I don't know what it is for you tonight, but I know this, that the Apostle Paul has made it abundantly clear as he's really hit on this theme of reconciliation that you and I are called to forgive. We're called to forgive, to love well. And ultimately, this letter to Philemon is about being obedient, not to Paul. It's about being obedient and surrendering and submitting to the will of God. And so, as Paul writes his final greetings, he simply says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you. And so to Mark and Aristarchus and Demas and Luke and my fellow workers. And he says so eloquently, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you in your spirit. We have looked at a letter that calls the Christian to act like a Christian. (laughs) To put it simply, that's what our study in Philemon has been about. Christian, act like a Christian. And so however that applies to you tonight, I could list a thousand different ways it could apply to us tonight. You know. You know the areas right now where you need, to, you need to forgive, you need reconciliation, you need to surrender something to the Lord that you cannot control, who by worrying can add a single hour to their life, right? And I think what it does is it's a gospel message. It's the gospel in miniature, as I said at the beginning of this study, that we've been reminded of the great love and forgiveness that's been poured out on us by Jesus. And now we have the opportunity to mirror him. And if he is the son then I want to be the moon. And it refreshes the saints. It refreshes our own heart when we forgive. When we become reconciled, it's a refreshment to the saints at large and even to us ourselves. And so don't let Satan have victory in whatever it might be. Maybe there's nothing you can think of right now. Praise God. But remember that we can fall in just a moment. And so may we be on guard. You've been listening to Refresh My Heart in Christ, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, teaching in Philemon 1, 17-25. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, as we wrap up Philemon, and you've been hearing Pastor Shane Lance preaching here on Walk in Truth, uh, it's exciting to hear my son preaching the Word of God and I am going to give you a closing thought and a verse to hold on to from Philemon. It's Philemon one eighteen. It's the gospel in miniature. Here's what it says. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to my account. Philemon one eighteen. And you know, that's really the gospel. That's what Jesus really, you could say, said to the Father. If they've done anything wrong, Lord Father, charge it to my account. And you know, that's exactly what happened in the gospel. Our sin was charged to Jesus' account. His righteousness comes into our account. This is what we call imputed righteousness, and it is an accounting term. And indeed, what it means is that when Jesus died on the cross, our sin fell upon him. And when we trusted in him, uh, and of course, we think of you know all of this as happening in our salvation. But when we were justified in Christ, His righteousness 
was credited to our account. And the famous verse, Genesis fifteen six: Abraham believed in the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, this is the gospel in the little book of Philemon. And, you know, we've been talking about brotherhood, refreshing the saints. There's nothing more refreshing than receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ and sharing it with others and living it out in the body. And of course, this would be a great time for you to be thinking about whether or not you have received the righteousness of Jesus. You see, you need it in order to be right with the Father. And Jesus Christ paid that ransom price for us to make us clean before the Lord. He said, essentially, charge it to me. But you have to receive that free gift of salvation. Have you done that? Maybe you're in a situation where you would say, you know what, I have been wandering and I need to rededicate my life back to the gospel, back to Christ. This is a wonderful time to do it. I don't necessarily need to give you the prayer to pray, but I think we could all pray right now. Father, thank you. Thank you for all those who have shared in this wonderful little miniature letter of Philemon. It's so beautiful, so filled with truth. Draw each of us to Jesus, especially those who don't know you yet, but maybe even those who have been wandering away from the beautiful truth of the gospel, the simple gospel. May you bless each one that opens their heart, and may you continue to be glorified on this radio program. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for all of you who are partners praying for us. We are excited to start a new book with you. We'll be telling you about that shortly. God bless you. And join us tomorrow as Pastor Michael and Pastor Shane wrap up the book of Philemon and introduce us to our next series in the book of Exodus. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.